Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This A's cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, go! Go, hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judging blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I don't know what everybody was talking about. Everybody was talking about it was going to rain. I'm like starting to worry about if I need sunscreen right now. The sun is so hot. It's a beautiful day here at the Coliseum. If you look over my right, that is the tarp. It is off the field. It's blue skies right now. I'm sure when the sun goes down, it's going to be a little chilly. But right now, the sun is out. Batting practice is about to start. And it's a beautiful day here at the Oakland Coliseum. And it is our first look at the Seattle Mariners. They're going to be in town. Martin Gallegos from MLB.com is going to be here at 415. Aaron Goldsmith, play-by-play for the and friend of the program, play-by-play for the Mariners, is going to be here at 5 o'clock. And then... Maybe, just maybe, an A's player? That's what we're hoping for. We're going to have Drew Rosinski tomorrow, which is the first time we get the chance to catch up with him. Uh, he was very good at eluding us at spring training, but he, he can't elude us all year long. Yeah, well, he's got a rebound because that first start, obviously, was uh, it's been a rough start of the year for him. As we mentioned, you know, for a, a starting pitcher to be out that long with a hamstring, I can't wait to ask him, like, how frustrating is that? I mean, it's one thing if you're talking about – shoulder, elbow, oblique, or something to talk about a hamstring for over a month to have. Yeah, because obviously it was huge for him to sign and come back from the KBO where he threw the ball well in the KBO. And it's one thing that we have heard a lot from our general manager, David Force, about, you know, the big reason to sign him was a veteran guy and a guy that was going to throw strikes. And obviously this is a team right now that – needs that, needs some innings, and needs somebody to throw strikes. I potentially will get into that today as there is right now a panic for teams. Don't need a panic button. That when they're thinking about their playoff hopes 
And after a month, because now we're a month in, right? Now you start to see the articles. A month in, how are the news, how are the new rules working? A month in, what does your team look like? A month in, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And teams that are thinking like, man, we may need some pitching, may need some starting pitching. Where are you gonna go? Pitcher's Depot is not open right now. You go to Pitcher's Depot and you go the down the aisle that says starters. Like you're at Home Depot, but you're Pitcher's Depot. There's nobody there. Like, there's no, like, you look at the teams that are not good teams. They're, they're not going to have guys. As of right now, really not going to have guys. They're going to be out there to you to trade for. So starting pitching is slim pickings these days. We can get into that. I heard a, a great conversation earlier today on Baseball Tonight, Buster Olney, and what he's hearing as he goes around the league. And that whole tipping point thing I talked about where we talk about the bullpen taking over and throwing too many innings and how we're grooming pitchers is really starting to catch up with teams as they're struggling to find starters who can get them innings. Well, if your your team is struggling, what are you going to do with your team that you need to go trade for it? Yeah, there's not very many the starting pitchers that you could go out there for, like a Lucas Giolito or someone like that. I mean, he's not having a good start to either for the White Sox. I mean, we just heard, I don't know if you saw it or not, Carlos Rodon trying to come back from a back, and I think it's an oblique injury. Has not pitched. He, he tried to pitch yesterday, and he's had pain in his back. He's, he thinks it's going to affect his mechanics. So he's still not pitching. We saw two guys today are going to have Tommy John surgery. Herman uh, uh, Marquez of the Rockies and our old friend Lou Trevino is having Tommy John surgery. How's DeGrom? DeGrom's on the injured list with, what was it, a forearm strain or elbow tight? I can't remember what it was. How the Astros doing? Garcia just went on the injured list. Urquidy? Urquidy. I mean – we're teaching guys to throw harder. We're teaching guys to have unbelievable spin rates and what they can manipulate a baseball. You know what the one thing we're not teaching them how to do? Stay healthy. Throw. They can't really teach to stay healthy, but. They, they can't figure out how to keep them healthy. Can't keep them out of how to get them on the mound to actually these great gifts. I, I wonder when it's going to be, you know what? Look at Sonny Gray as a great example. Sonny Gray is not throwing as hard as he used to. Not even close. Sonny Gray is pitching. Sonny Gray is having a very good year. Very good. He is learning how to pitch. He's not blowing people away. When he came out of Vanderbilt and he showed up here, he was, I got great stuff. Stephen Vogt, who we're going to have the program on Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, he's right there. Stephen Vogt, I remember catching him going, Sonny Gray, you didn't know. The movement was so natural and crazy. You didn't know where it was going. But Sonny Vogt, uh, uh, Sonny Gray, it was it was balls to the wall, man. He was bringing everything he got. Well, throughout time, didn't work in New York, didn't work in Cincinnati eh, a little bit, and then now is in Minnesota. But Sonny Gray, as he's getting older, is getting better with less velocity. Funny how that works. Uh, huge note today, Aletmus Diaz on the 10-day IL. Nick Allen is back. I just spoke with Nick Allen before we came on the program. Um, feels great. Says he feels the best offensively since 2021. Said he went down, worked on some things, and he's got his game back. And I said, well, the time is now. Like, if you hit at all, you're not going to go back again. You're not going to Vegas. If you come up and hit and play defense, and I'm not expecting a big bat. I just mean something. Give the team something, because as of right now, you know, Brent Rooker being the player of the week, his numbers are off the charts. The American League player of the week, 
417, a 1,628 OPS, five dingers, 11 RBIs in the last seven games. He leads MLB this year with an OPS of 1,245. But you just go down the line of where the A's aren't home runs, where they aren't runs. They're not in the bottom pack. The offense isn't the issue. The issue's pitching, and the issue is defense. Now, I wanted to do something today. We Let's see if I have enough time. I want to explain something because I had two cuts from a game, the last game for the Athletics, and then, of course, that would be Sunday, and then the game yesterday at Yankee Stadium against the Indians. And what was your reaction? Sack bunt. Well, one wasn't a well, sack. Well, yeah, Kevin Smith was a sack bunt. What was what – was, uh, the Rosario one, I didn't get a chance to hear it. Ray, the great Ray Jensen got that for me. What was that one, ground I out? I want to or? prove my point. I want you to first play. Let's go back because right now we're building teams that are based off how hard you hit the ball. Right? We're, we're barrel rate. How hard? How, how many times you hit the barrel? How hard do you hit the ball? we got to hit it hard. Everything about hitting it hard. Exit velocity. And they talked today, uh, great job on ML, MLB Now, talking about when we look at, and we did it on Sunday on NBC when I had to fill in for Brody Brazil. He had a little issue with his throat. I think Brody's going to be back today because they didn't call me, so that's good news. But with Bip, we were talking about, well, the shift, the batting averages haven't changed all that much. I go, overall, yes, but for left-handed hitters, especially left-handed line drive hitters, it's up. But everybody wants to talk about how hard they want to talk about the barrel rates and this is how we're building teams. And, yes, that's Awesome stuff. But what wins games? What wins games? And part of the problem with the two-strike approach, what we see is a huge problem in baseball now. They did it on MLB Now, on MLB Network, about the difference in two-strike approach. Batting average from, I think it was like 1999 to today is dramatically different. Two-strike approach is a different. And you're like, you know, people have lost the art of putting the ball in play in times of need. I want to play you something. Jace Peterson, bottom of the ninth inning, hits a ball down the left field line. Want to take a guess what the exit velocity was on this base hit? Um, I don't, 90, 90 miles an hour. You're not even close. Too low or too high? 66.7. It went the dramatic different. It went the dramatic dis- distance of 190 feet. Base hit. Put the ball in play over the third baseman's head. Base hit. The next, the next play that I'm going to play you was the pivotal point, the turning point in the game to get the A's finally a victory. Please play what this this play was. Here is Kevin Smith, who will he be sacrificing? And he does at the first baseline of beauty down again, and it's bobbled. The flip to first is not in time. Everybody is safe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sacrifice E3 on Reynolds at first. On a bunt toward first by Smith, bobbled by Reynolds, tried to flip. The flip was not in time to the second baseman, India, covering. Peterson went to second, Smith at first, nobody out in a tie game, and the A's have runners at first and second. And nobody out. And here, Cody mocked me for playing that. 
Is that not the pivotal point in the game? Yes. Um, okay, Mr. Barrel Rate. Uh, do you want to talk about how, how hard that was hit? That bunt, that was an error, put in play, make the defense have to make a play. They weren't able to make a play. They make an error. You're saying and agreeing that was the pivotal point. What was the miles per hour exit velocity on that sack bunt that was an error? Oh, 42.3. Not even close again. Too high? Too low? 30.2. I thought that. I was going to aim that. I don't want to aim too low. Putting a ball in play and making the defense actually do something was far more beneficiary than having a guy get there, swing out of his ass, and strike out. We see that way too much in the game anymore. Boom. Put it down. Oh, my God. Now we got chaos. Uh, Este Uriri's then would get a base hit. He tried to bunt. Can't bunt. That's two straight games. It's been a tragic mess. But he ends up getting a base hit. By the way, barrel rate, huh? What do you think the exit velocity was on little Este Ruiz base hit the left? 65. Now you're playing games. 78.3. 78.3. A distance of 266 feet. So the A's got their first win off a blue pit to left, an air on a sack bunt, and a little kind of line drive over the shortstop's head. Game over. I get data. I believe in it. I agree with it. It's how you build the team. But once you're here, how do you win games? You have to play the game. The game is not played by velocities and expected batting averages and, and expected slug and expected this and barrel rates. That's not how the game – got to still play the game. In a football game, the biggest play in a football game can be third and one. Third and one at the end of the game, you got to get first down. Third and one, you need two yards for a first down. Do you think that would be the pivotal you're so used to, oh, it's about my fantasy team. What did my quarterback throw to? Da, 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 da. Third and one was the pivotal play. Let's go to last night in New York. Top of the ninth inning. Cleveland is down 2 nothing. Domingo Herman is throwing a shutout. How many? He's got. He had the 80, like 80. It was under 90 pitches, like 88 pitches or something. This is how the inning stri- starts. Miles Straw, strikeout. He's got one out. He's two away from a complete game shutout. Stephen Kwan. Puts the ball in play. Base it back up the middle. Clay Holmes then would come in for Domingo Herman, And then this would happen. Tying run at the plate. Ahmed Rosario, one for three. The Guardians did had not have another hit until Stephen Kwan's single here in the ninth. Little topper. Holmes can't, can't come up it. with it cleanly. And the throw to first, not in time. Ahmed Rosario beats it out, and now the Guardians have something cooking with two on and one out. As soon as Holmes didn't come up with it cleanly, it was pretty much a moot point. Yeah, he had to get the back in. Now all of a sudden, you got two runners on, one out. Utter chaos is about to start. Jose Ramirez, single. Naylor, single. Wandy Peralta now comes in. Peralta comes in. Uh, Josh Bell walks, then there was an out, then Mike Zanino walks with the bases loaded. All of a sudden, uh, Cleveland was down 2 nothing. They now lead 3-2. to two. They would go into the bottom of the ninth inning, get the Yankees out, and win the game. Now, what was the play of that game? It's Clay Holmes not... 
fielding his position and putting the ball in play. Tell me what the exit velocity was for that dribbler just to the right of the pitcher that he wasn't able to fill. 34.3. It says 64.4. I don't know how. It was a two-hopper. So basically, Holmes lets it go, has to field his position, and then can't even turn around and make the play. By the way, distance, two feet. So, mock me again about the two highlights that I just sent you that end up being the two pivotal points to two wins that had nothing to do with barrel rate, had nothing to do how hard you hit it, had nothing to do about pitcher stuff, had nothing to do with any of these things that we are so concerned about. It was just about getting a W. It was just about winning a game, a baseball game at the big league level. It was small ball. It was making the defense have to make simple plays. Little things, good or bad, lead to big things. Little screw-ups for the Reds and the Yankees led to them losing the games. Mock me again, please. I, I like the idea of playing small ball. No, mock me. You, 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 I sent you the two highlights, and you're like, why well, are you I, playing I, these? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I didn't get a chance to listen to them or know the context. of If you just send random highlights and, well, with no context, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. But now I know, and I appreciate it. Little thing. I mean, the Guardians are the best at playing small ball. They don't hit home runs. Martin Gallegos, let's go. Let's go, babe. Oh, look, he's got his Disneyland pullover. See, this is what, this is what the highly paid rich of MLB do. They take vacations to Disneyland. He's traveling all over. See, it's the, it's the lifestyle of the rich and famous. What's up? What's up, Tony? How's it going, man? I just played. I just shocked everybody around here. I just played the sack bunt of Kevin Smith in the win. That was an error. Pivotal play in the game. Yeah. And then last night, Clay Holmes couldn't field his position on a chopper, end up leading to the Yankees giving up three runs. I got the exit velocities. I got the distance they traveled. And I just I said, you know what? We build our teams. I, we love barrel rate. We love exit velocity. We love fastball spin rates. We love all that stuff. But when it comes down to winning games, just getting a winning versus losing at the end of the game, it's small things. It's like we forget the small things truly matter. Absolutely. I mean, I think you look at, you know, early on this A season, um, you know, sure, they're they're outmatched, in, you know, in terms of star power and, and lineup and, and whatnot. But when it comes down to it, they've had a lot of games where those little things have ended up costing them, I mean, whether it's on defense, you know, misplayed ball out in the outfield or, you know, laying down, a, trying to, you know, bunt in a, in a bad spot and it ends up, you know, popping out and, uh, you know, over there in Anaheim when Aledemus Diaz wasn't able to slide into to home plate yeah. where it could have tied the game. So um, little things obviously still matter. I mean, we can talk all about, you know, the, the analytics and all that, and that stuff is a big part of the game now. But, you know, there's still little things involved in this game that are pivotal to, you know, determine whether you're going to have a good season or not. Yeah, I was actually doing TV that day with Bip Roberts on NBC Sports Bay, uh, California. Bip Roberts said, so, slide through the bat, score. Like, if we were in a a time where we're about winning and losing every game, I think we would have made more of that play. Like, go through the bat. Would it, do You do whatever you can to touch home play. Yeah, no, that was a pivotal play. I mean, you look back at the replay, the, the bat is, you know, lying there. It's, it's, you know, difficult to tell, you know, should he have slid head first or he have slid, you know, feet first. But obviously, 
you know, not sliding at all was was a huge play in that game. I mean, the momentum could have shifted in their way, um, and they ended up losing, and it was, it was that was a tough one. I mean, that's probably one of the more painful losses of the year. They've had a lot of losses, and, you know, that was one where they felt like they had a really good shot to win, and they ended up coming down on the wrong end of it. Before we start talking about Mason Miller, um, this story about Brent Rooker, you and I in the press box the other day had this, we were kind of joking around about, uh, the All-Star game, somebody will be an All-Star. But, I mean, you start looking, he's the AL Player of the Week. You start looking at his overall numbers. Uh, let's just be honest, Brent Rooker has earned the right to play every day. He's earned the right to hit third. And it's no joke what he's doing. No, I mean, it's going on a month now. I mean, you can call it a small sample size, but it's it's a month. That's a pretty solid, you know, you know, showing there in the first month. And, um, you know, it's not just he's the best A's hitter. He's You look at the numbers, only – it's him and Matt Chapman, pretty much on, on every level. You look at you know WRC plus, OPS, you know slugging percentage. He's at the top everywhere. So he's just a tremendous hitter, yeah. and uh, you know it's been remarkable. I mean, you look at you know where he came from. You know, not getting a lot of shot to play in the big leagues these last five years. He's always went off in the minor leagues. Uh, first round pick, so we knew he had talent, but. He really just needed that shot to play every day in the big league. He's finally getting that in Oakland, and he's taking advantage of it. Yeah, you think about this is a bad season. There's no question about it. But you can take advantage of these type of situations because Brent Rooker on a good team was never making the team. The fact that this wasn't a good team and he got a chance, I mean, this is a, it's a chance of a lifetime. It's like seizing the moment in your life. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's, it's worked out great for him. You know, he came over here and, you know, talked to him in spring training. He was, you know, excited about the opportunity to come here because he knew, you know, that there's a lot of, you know, uh, competition in that spring training and he had a really good shot. He still was kind of, you know, buried on the depth chart coming in. I mean, there was a lot of outfielders. Christian Pache was here. They had traded for J.J. Bladé. You know, they had Capel from last year, Seth Brown, Loriano. So it was still an uphill battle for him just to make this team out of spring training. But, I mean, the way he performed in the Cactus League, he just, you know, left no question that he needed to begin the year in opening day. I think it came down to, you know, that Bay Bridge series when he officially learned that he was going to make the team. But uh, the numbers were so great that, you know, there was no choice but to start the year with him. And, you know, even even into the season, he didn't really get a chance right away. It wasn't until Seth Brown got injured that his, his opportunity arose. And, I mean, he grabbed that thing. And he's, I mean, when Seth Brown comes back, whenever he comes back, Brent Rooker is not going anywhere. He's going to be every day in that lineup in the middle of the order. He's earned the right. And I think about the guy's time now to do that as Alemis Diaz goes on the 10-day IL. It's now Nick Allen. I just talked to Nick before the show. Nick said he, he found what he was doing. We didn't have enough time to get into exactly what. That's a story for you, my friend. Yeah. But he said what he was doing in 2021, he found that again going back down to Vegas. And to me, it's like if he hits at all, he doesn't go back down. He plays shortstop every day, steals some bags, play a good short. Is now finally time to say, all right, Nick Allen, throwing you in the deep end of the pool, time to swim. Yeah, well, he's going to get that chance. You know, we just talked to Kotze before the game, and he said Nick Allen's going to play every day. While he's up here, he's going to play every day and get a chance to, you know, show those improvements that they wanted him to work on in the in the minors. You know, I was talking to Nick Allen briefly in the clubhouse before the game. He said these last three or four games, you know, before he got called up were the best he's felt, you know, all year. And you mentioned it, you know, you're talking to him about 2021 feeling, you know, as good as he did back then. Um, you know, he's always had that potential to, to be an everyday player, you know, elite. We all know the elite defense that he brings on a daily basis. He could, you know, win multiple goal 
gloves in his career if given the opportunity to play every day. It's just about can he hit enough. And he's going to get that shot here. He's going to get that shot to play every day. Um, and we'll see what he could do. He'll be there at the bottom of the order, a little less pressure down there. Um, and if he starts to hit well, maybe you move him up a little bit. But he's a guy as well. Um, you look at you know the stolen base numbers he's been able to put up throughout the minors. Now with the new rule changes leading to more stolen bases, we've seen Ruiz and what he's been able to do. Nick Allen's a similar type of player. He's electric. You know, he's fast. He can he could swipe you a bag in a big spot. So, um, you know, definitely an exciting player as far as potential. Now we just got to see it all put it together. All right, stealing from Nike back in the day. Just do it. Just run. Let's get some <laughs> t-shirts. Just run, everybody. Get on first. Just run. Yeah. That's that's the uh, Estuary Ruiz uh, method. He definitely gets on looking to steal every day, and it's been fun to watch for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the game-winning hit, his first career walk-off victory, obviously leading the American. He's still leading the American League in stolen bases, right? I believe so, yeah. I haven't checked the leaderboard, but he was leading the American League. It's like, look at the benefits you have gotten now of committing to, uh, committed to, committing to him, mm -hmm. playing center field, playing every day, and you're leading off. Are, are you seeing those big benefits for the team? Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, it comes down to opportunity. Like we talked about with Nick Allen, he hasn't really had that opportunity to just – hey, you're going to go in there, you're going to show up to the ballpark, you know your name's going to be in the lineup every day, don't worry about if you're going to play or not, just know that you're going to be in there and just, you know, give him at bats and, and see what he could do. Esteri Ruiz is getting that opportunity and, and he's he's showing it. I mean, he's getting on base a ton, he's getting hit a ton. I think he leads the league in, in hit by pitches as well. That's fine. So, yeah. Get on. Whatever way you could get on and base. go. Yeah. So, but, you know, he's, he's, he's another guy like Brent Rooker, you know, taking advantage of his opportunity and he's been electric. I mean, he's been fun to watch, no doubt. He brings, you know, an, an added spark to this team we see it on defense when he makes those great plays running down balls that to me look like they're going to be easily into the gap and he just comes out of nowhere and, and swipes them away um, and out at the at top of that lineup he's you know getting on base a ton he's hitting as well um, you know hasn't shown a ton of pot he actually showed a lot of power in the minors it hasn't translated yet to the majors but you don't really need too much of that because he can hit he can run the bases um, and just prototypical I mean just classic great leadoff hitter and um, you know, 11 stolen bases in one month. That's pretty impressive. You ever see the movie Moneyball? Oh, yeah. Of course. Cody, Ryan Noda, what does he do? <laughs> he gets on base. He gets on base. I mean, what, what we're seeing today in the lineup, and, and I get it, uh, Ramon on Sunday hit second. Ramon sees a lot of pitches, but if he sees something early, he's going to be a hacking. Noda sees a lot of pitches, mm -hmm. right? He, he, he has a track record in the minor leagues. We have now seen that trans that that track record translate to the big league level with a ton of walks. Ryan Note and also Ryan Note runs well for big man. He, run, he reminds me of a linebacker, right? Big yeah. dude who can run. But I mean, do, do you see Nota really being the perfect fit, especially when a right-hander is pitching to hit behind Ruiz to let Ruiz do what he does? Absolutely, I think he's he's perfect for that number two spot behind Ruiz. Um, you know, gets on base. Ruiz gets on base, allows him a chance to steal a couple bases. You know, he's going to take pitches every time he's up there, and, and you know, he's drawing a lot of walks. Another guy who's taking advantage of his opportunities. I think his on-base percentage was you know close to 400 not too long ago. So, uh, you know, he's drawing a ton of walks, and the A's are trying to kind of find figure out you know a nice little top of the order there with you know Ruiz at the top, Noda number two, uh, Rooker somewhere in there, Seth Brown when he comes back. I'm sure he'll be somewhere in there along with Rooker. Loriano, you mentioned as well. Uh, they're finding a nice little formula there, a nice little lineup that, you know, they can carve out. There's still going to be guys plugging in and out, but um, as those, you know, one through four, one through five, they're starting to figure out, you know, a, a reliable group that they can rely on there every day uh, for Mark Kotze to make his job a little bit easier and not have to, you know, juggle around different lineups every so often. I really, you mentioned his name twice now, Seth Brown. I, I really feel bad for him because – 
He's a hell of a guy. This was the year for him to play every day, put up probably the best numbers of his career, probably get to that 30 home run mark, you know, and hopefully guarantee him some more money going forward. And here we are. I mean, we're in May. And we have no idea when he's coming back. I really feel bad for him as a veteran guy. This was kind of like the everything that we know his story, what he's been through. This was the year. I mean, how bad do you feel for him? Yeah, that's tough because you know last year was his you know year where he truly kind of you know had a breakout. Uh, you know that second half he just completely put together a really good campaign. And going into the off season, you know with nobody in front of him now, it, it was going to be really him, the guy that they were going to rely on to be their run producer. And, uh, you know, came out the gate a little slow and then had that injury. And, you know, it's going to be a while. I mean, those, those types of oblique issues are always tricky and you never want to come back too early from that. So they're going to be extremely cautious with them. I, you know, but I think best case scenario at this point, you see him at the end of May, but he's probably going to need, you know, somewhat of an extended rehab stint just to get it going again at the plate and get his rhythm going. So, you know, it has been difficult, but, you know, he's in here every day. I think, you know, it's good for him to be around these guys and still, you know, be around as a resource for, for these other hitters to, to come to. And, um, you know, when he comes back, you know, he's going to get a chance to slot back in there every day and uh, in that middle of the order and see what he could do. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a really bad break for him. Just, you know, coming into the year, like you said, he was going to be a guy who, you know, f- to get a chance to build on what was a breakout year and really truly establish himself as a quality big leaguer. Now that's kind of on hold a little bit until he's able to return from that injury. I started the show with talking about I need sunscreen. I had to have the shades on because <laughs> the glare that comes right that that's kind of changed a little bit. Uh, I, I was driving <laughs> in and the sun was out. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of changed. No, it's not raining. Tarp is behind us. Guys yeah. are on the tarp. We are fine. We're go- we're gonna have a day today. Uh, Bryce Miller making his MLB debut. He was number eighty-eight ranked prospect, twenty-four years old. Uh, Mariners got going tonight. Of course, Mason Miller for the A's. Something about like Mason Miller pitching. I don't care if it's a Tuesday, a Saturday. It's, it's like I, I, I'm excited. Were you excited coming today? Going I, Mason Miller's pitching. Oh yeah, Miller I, time. Yeah, you know I got it marked on my calendar every time Mason Miller's going out there. He's fun. You know he's electric. I mean the amount of you know fastballs he throws out there, 100 miles per hour. We don't see that. I, you know it was funny. We saw Hunter Green the other day come in. He was he was around 98. I was like oh, that's nothing. We see Mason Miller going 100 like 15 times in a game, right? Uh, so but no, it's fun. I mean he's definitely. I mean as far as a, from a writing standpoint, just you know in terms of storylines, he's a great you know story to follow. Uh, just see how he kind of navigates through his first chance in the big leagues. Obviously, not a not a ton of minor league experience at all. So he's kind of learning how to become a major league player at the big league level. And that last start he had in Anaheim was interesting because he came out that first inning and was just getting rocked. He was, you know, the Angels were on his fastball. They knew what he was going to do, but he regrouped. He got out of that first inning. It was, he almost didn't. The, the bullpen was going, but he got out of it and then came back. And I think he retired nine of his last ten or ten of his last eleven to finish that outing. And, you know, after the game, he talked about, you know, just kind of learning in-game that, hey, you know, the stuff that I was doing in the minors that I was able to get away with, that's not going to happen here. I'm, I need to, you know, come up with, you know, better game plans and be able to adjust on the fly. So it's interesting to just see how he's kind of adjusting to the big league level in such a short amount of time. And just it's going to be fun to see how he grows at this level because, you know, he's going to get a chance as long as he can stay healthy. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. You know, he's going to get a chance to grow here at the major league level, and he's going to go out there every fifth day uh, and get a chance to start against some really good big league teams. Yeah, I'm not impressed by Hunter Green at all because so you got Mason Miller, who's averaging 99 miles an hour on his fastball, uh, two starts. That's the most this year. Hunter Green's just at 98.9. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, blowing past him, blowing way past him. I mean, that kid's impressive. Hunter, yeah. I mean, and they're both great stories, but obviously that's for a different time with Hunter mm-hmm. Green. Just everything that when you think of Mason Miller, his story yeah. is pretty, pretty remarkable at an at an older age, being diagnosed with with type one diabetes, juvenile diabetes. I, I talk about it. My my daughter is type one. Just kind of knowing, I've talked with him a little bit about his journey and just to how everything changed in his life. He's an unbelievable story. He's, he's like perfect for you. Oh yeah. And, and, and MLB.com. Oh, he's a writer's dream. You know, it's a great feature story. And you know, I, I wrote a little bit about it that day when he uh, debuted here in Oakland. His parents were in town, sitting right over here in front of us, and uh, you know they were they were excited. They were emotional, and and it's it's really crazy. I mean, to think of where he was just five years ago. You know, I think it was like you know 160 pounds, throwing like you know 89 miles per hour. You know, at a Division three school, nobody thought you know five years later he would be pitching in a major league game against you know you know great hitters and coming up and throwing 100 miles per hour. It's just it's it's like a movie. It's a movie waiting to be written. And uh, you know, there's a lot of fun fun times ahead for him. I know the A's are going to Pittsburgh soon, and he's from the area. I grew up a big Pittsburgh Pirates fan, so maybe he'll get a chance to pitch at PNC, and that'll be a whole other uh, great story for him because I'm sure he's going to have a ton of family and friends out there. Actually, you know, he told me that he's had a bunch of family and friends already buy up tickets, so regardless of if he, if he pitches there or not, he's going to have his whole, his whole crew out there in Pittsburgh. So really a fun story to follow throughout the year. The reason why I'm looking around, and that's one of the great things about how we're the only show in baseball that does this, I don't think I don't think a lot of A's fans understand. We're the only show that's on the field. Do you see any when you travel around? Do you see any other shows on the field? I've only seen this one, Tony. Only All right. So behind us was just you saw Shintaro Fujinami and his crew roll by, where you've got the bat, you got the kind of like the briefcase with the weighted balls. He's got his therapist. He's got his translator. You have all of this. That all seems to work when you're throwing the ball well. When you're not throwing the ball well, what kind of look is that? You know, it's 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 a grind for him right now, and I know I know it's tough for him being here because I think he, you know, coming into the season, I think he was uncomfortable with the A's kind of, you know, I think he was grateful for it, but at the same time was uncomfortable with them kind of shifting their whole method of doing things to him. You know, ha- you know, having to you know make the other starting pitchers adjust them pitching every Saturday and. Um, you know, I think he just wants to be seen as like, you know, one of the guys and not, you know, this, you know, different attraction on its own. And that didn't work out that's, for him at that's, all. That's interesting yeah. because we talked about his first start against the Angels. Shohei Otani's here. He's a global superstar. The amount of media from the Japanese side that's following Otani. They made it a circus, right? We're giving away T-shirts. We've flown his mother out here. It's in his deal that he gets X amount of flights for his family out here it's it was a big to do I agree I would agree with him it's like he's the kind of I mean he's not coming in as a Japanese star Mm -hmm. he's not coming in Ichiro he's not coming in Otani he's had his struggles over there he's been put in the bullpen before I would agree with Shintar I'm glad you said I didn't know that uh I agree with him he just wants to come fit in we didn't do that. We went, you're pitching Saturday. We're highlighting it's you on Saturday. We kind of, and understandably, it's a business. We want to make money. Mm-hmm. But from a baseball side, this probably wasn't the best way to go about it. No, I mean, I mean, you know, most of those guys, like you mentioned, who come over from Japan, you know, the, uh, you know, Suzuki's and all that, they, they, uh, they're finished products, you know, when they come over here. And, and he's definitely not a finished product. He's still, obviously, we've seen it in each of his outings with the command issues and even in the bullpen here, uh, that last bullpen outing wasn't great for him at all. You know, he walked a lot of guys and, um, you know, he's still trying to figure things out as a pitcher. 
and it's hard to do that at the highest level, you know, in, in MLB uh, when you when you're not feeling confident in your stuff, um, going out there and trying to get guys out. So um, you know, it's it's a fight for him. He's still fighting for it. We'll see what comes next for him in that bullpen. But you know, he's he's out of the rotation for the time being, and it's going to be a while, you know, until he can kind of show. If he can ever figure out his control issues, that, that's that's a tough thing to kind of overcome. I don't know if he's ever going to have pinpoint command, but if he could just find a way to kind of not let things snowball for him on the mound there, um, that's going to be the key for him going forward. I want to tell you the brilliance of this man. He told us in spring training there's one series he can't wait for about a month in. He's like, you watch out. That Rays Pirates series, I got my eye on that. And we were like, what? I, we know Cody's a big Pirates fan, even Cody was like, what? The fact that you called that <laughs> oh, yeah. down in Arizona, watch for that series, you were on it. I knew there were going to be the two best teams in baseball. I mean, it was just, it was obvious to me. You know, there's no question about it. Well, isn't it funny how you're just like, you're kind of like looking at like, who's good, who's not. Like people had, people had the Mariners being a really good American League team. They're uh, kind of off to a slow start. But just kind of looking at it, you start looking at certain teams and it's like, there are five interleague series playing on Tuesday. If someone had told you on opening day that the best team in the NL and AL would be facing off the Rays and Pirates, yeah. some interesting things have started. Yeah. For, I mean, not only all the rules and everything, just, you know, let's have fun with Pirates. Yeah. Let's have fun with Rays. Like, that's a, that's a fun part about baseball. Oh, yeah. It's two, like you said, it's two young teams, you know, a lot of young players on those teams, and, the, you know, they've kind of been well I mean the Rays always kind of find a way to be good but they're always kind of I mean low payroll and everything they find guys who fit their system and with the Pirates they've got a lot of young prospects that have come up now they were bad for a long time and now we're starting to see some of those prospects shine for them and they've identified guys who are you know key parts of their future and um, they're off to a great start here so I mean I love a good you know fun team a good young team that goes out there and, and you know enjoys playing baseball that's that's what we need. That's what we need in this league. So, you know, any young team on the rise that, that is off to a good start here, you know, I, I'm definitely keeping an eye on them for sure. OaklandAthletics.com, MLB.com. I don't have your Twitter handle memorized, was it? Martin J. Gallegos. There you go. Follow <laughs> him on Twitter for all of your, not only what you do for A's-wise, but also your coverage when you talk about other things in Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for stopping by. Appreciate that, Tony. Thanks. Coming up next, is it time to let Cody gloat a little bit? on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, just like, you know, on, on cue, those damn Mariners come to town, and here comes the rain with them. Aaron Goldsmith bring it down from the Pacific Northwest. It was clear skies. Everything was perfect. Just because it's raining on their season doesn't need to yeah. well, bring it here. Is that our fault? Is that you want to raining on a season? It's dumping snow on us. By the way, the guys behind me here to my right on the tarp, I've just been told they've seen something in the area. Well, let's look behind you. <laughs> they've seen <laughs> Maybe we should get Aaron in quicker Aaron, so we can. Aaron, get in here quick. Get in here quick. We may have to abort. We may have to abort. 
Yeah, come sit right here. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing we haven't figured out in all the years. We have figured out everything, how to do Ace Cast Live, no matter where, whether we're here, the road, San Diego for the winter meetings. We can do it all, baby, but we've never really – we haven't had a rain out in forever. At one point, we went like 13 years without rain, but uh, this has been a rainy season, and it's hard to believe. Like, we're sitting here going, we got the tarps out. Yeah, we've just been uh, cold all year. We've been cold and wet, which, uh, you know, that's not Mariners baseball, but it has been for the first month or so. So this is not we, – we do not appreciate the tarp, the tarp uh, I, situation here. It's – it's. I apologize. It's all right. Yeah, it's you're right. supposed to come here and at least – it can get cold, but at least have a little sun. At least a little sun, yes. Be pretty good. You know, uh, went, went out to Alcatraz yesterday, though. No rain. My first time – you know, we've been coming here for 10 years, and I've never been to Alcatraz before. It's an experience. It was pretty cool, man. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun time. Can you imagine being out there, sentenced to life, and you can hear people partying? Yeah, that, that was – we were talking about that. We were talking about that on the ferry <laughs> ride back home. That was a really cool – really – I mean, sad, but a really cool part of the whole thing. It was a great experience. It's about time I got out there. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, how is everything? It's doing very well. Doing very well. Mariners are uh, not limping into town, but, you know, it's been a tough start for the Mariners. Uh but I had a big win the other day, and it made a flight from Toronto to Oakland a lot better, that's for yeah, sure. no doubt. Well, you know, I've been, been watching your guys' broadcast, and, you know, it's it just pitching still pretty good. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Offense is you're kind of – you're not really in the top 15 in major categories. Just the offense just really hasn't gotten going. No, it's, that is kind of a Mariners thing. It seems like a lot of years it, it takes the M's – some time to get some traction if you go and look at the years uh, in years past. The one thing I think that is encouraging for the Mariners is they have basically been in every game with only truly a, a handful of exceptions, which I think the encouraging thing is, to your point earlier, the Mariners have had a, a number of significant pitching injuries, both to the rotation and their bullpen. Uh, their offense has not found consistency whatsoever early on, and yet – they're not getting boat raced by people. They're in games. They've lost a lot of one-run games, which is typically the Mariners' kind of bread and butter. Yes. Uh, so that has been uh, very strange to see the Mariners on the other end so often in those games. So I, I think that the optimism there is that, hey, if they can get the bats at least firing three-quarters of the way, you know, you're going to start winning some of those games. That's what they're certainly thinking. Nothing in our game, and really in all sports, ever stays the same. Nine one-run losses for the Mariners leads MLB this year compared to 67 one-run wins in 21-22. So it's like it's it's tough to those, it, as they say, starts to even out. Unfortunately, that, that's kind of starting to happen for you guys. Yeah, most wins, best winning percentage as well in one-run games the last two seasons. And, yes, there is a level of luck involved, right, when you're talking about a close game late. Uh, and yet the Mariners have found a way in the previous two seasons in particular to replicate that, and it's because they're a, they're a very sound defensive team. They're not a, a flashy defensive team, but they have the last two years been very sound. And they've had, as you know very well, they've had one of the game's very best bullpens, and they can match you up as well as just about anybody in the game. So you add those two factors in, and the Mariners have had just some kind of crazy – chaos ball like <laughs> a Mariners you know Mariners are down by two a guy draws a walk a guy yeah. gets hit by a pitch and then a guy hits a three-run bomb like it's just yeah. strange things happen with Mariners baseball late in games the last couple of years and you, you can't overlook that that it has kind of been a wonky part of it well I, I just you know do, getting ready for this series 
I mean, you're still top 10 in starter ERA, sure. uh, overall ERA, bullpen ERA. So the pitching is still there. And one guy I want to talk to you about, because guys that are top prospects, they don't ask for all of the, can't wait to see this guy. You're the future. My God, somebody's got to be Griffey. Somebody's got to be A-Rod. Kelnick came up and everybody had all these high expectations didn't happen, went back down, frustrated, depression sets in, and a lot of different things. I am so happy for him because it is really tough to – and I know people say boo-hoo, but it is tough. Oh, for to, sure. To have all these – I mean, you have the weight of this organization, and, and, and J-Rod's done a great job, but he – this Kalanick had so much on him, and now he's starting to live up to it. I mean, you're seeing it every day. You got to be just thrilled for the kid. Oh, there's no question. I think you know, it's easy to forget, even though it wasn't that long ago. Kelnick was the savior, right? When that trade was made, like nobody was talking about Julio. I mean, Julio was just a, a young teenager in the DR. And before Julio Mania took over, it was all about Kelnick, and he was the guy who was supposed to help resurrect the Mariners offensively, uh, whenever his time was come. And obviously had just incredibly public struggles. And I had a long talk with Jared earlier this year about all these kinds of things. And he's a fascinating guy. Like, he really – he has this kind of um, – what's up, bro? Type of, like, tank top type of guy. Um, <laughs> but, like – We have a name for that, by the way. Oh, we do? Oh, uh, yeah. Do? Ryan Divish called him a Scottsdale bro. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Uh, I do like that yeah. quite a bit. Uh, but he really – is a very thoughtful guy and really thinks baseball well. And he made it, made no bones about how difficult it was as a 21, 22-year-old to have that much pressure on his shoulders and then to struggle that uh, massively on that big of a stage. I mean, not just to underperform your career norms, but to like be historically bad in some ways. Uh, like all time historically bad in some ways. And, yeah, mental skills coach, he hired a, a private mental skills coach uh, last summer, uh, which he's done a lot of work with. He completely overhauled everything, as uh, a lot of people now know, uh, over the winter. And he has two things that he focuses on now at the plate. Be able to be on time to catch a fastball in the front of the plate and don't chase outside of the strike zone, like, which sounds really simple. But he's stuck with a plan. He is hitting the ball insanely hard. He's hitting the ball to all fields. He's homering to all fields. And you know what? He he looks like the guy who was taken six overall in the draft. Like, that's what he looks like now. I mean, he's a physical specimen, and now the the play is backing up everything that so many scouts for so many years saw from him. Uh, and in terms of the mental skill stuff, one thing that he said that I'd never heard a player talk about before was he has convinced himself that, like, if he goes one for four with a double and he strikes out three times, he convinces himself that the double is worth more than the three strikeouts. Like, that, that is how he keeps it going. Because, as we know, you fail all the time in this game. You fail far more than you'll succeed. And he has now found a way to really believe and trick himself that, or even if he hits the ball hard, really hard twice and goes over four, like, those are, those are two wins. And he'll go to bed that night, and he'll be convinced that he won that day. Uh, and it works for him. And it not might not work for everybody, but it works for him. And that's part of the ingredient list for what has made him, I mean, truly one of the most, we're a month into the season, so a lot can happen still. But uh, he's been one of the most productive offensive players in baseball a month into the season, clearly. Dealing with failure. We see in all sports something that 
I think we've now seen more in our career. How do we help these guys? Bases when I when, you know when I first got in, everybody just booed you and they just sent you down or released you in other sports. I mean, but failure and depression, anxiety. Uh, we're dealing with Trevor May. It's it, it's a big deal. So helping these guys and to see somebody overcome it is a great story. Um, just how is it? Last time we were talking last year, fun differential. Mariners <laughs> in the playoffs for the first time since 01. Uh, Cal Raleigh hits that home run against us, and the place going nuts going to the playoffs. Is the excitement still there in the Pacific Northwest about the Mariners? Yes, but all that stuff is – that all, all those things that you just referenced are all – warm and fuzzies and they all have their rightful place and they'll never go away but like you know how it works like hey man it's it's may 2nd now yeah. right and the mariners are off to a rough start in terms of wins and losses and like people people want to go back to the playoffs right like the roster on paper is better now than it was when the season ended last year and uh baseball doesn't work this way i don't know if you're aware of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's pretty easy to think like well you're on paper, you look better, so you should you should be better, or you should at least be the same, right? Uh, and so, back to back ninety one seasons, the playoffs last year, and there's a lot of belief that the Mariners should be back in a wild card position this year. Tough to track down the Astros, obviously, but uh, should be at least in that mix. That's what the hope back home is, and uh, the Mariners can still get there. I mean, <laughs> they can still get there. Hopefully, it won't take a fourteen game winning streak like the Mariners had last year. Uh, so there's still so much time. I don't have to tell you that. But I think all the all the great uh, moments and, like, you hug your grandpa because, you know, yeah. like you went to the last game with the kingdom or, what you know, you make up the <laughs> scenario, right? Or, like, the college kid who had never seen the Mariners in the playoffs in his entire life, and now he is. Like, that. that's real. Like, I, I, I met college kids that tracked me down the concourse getting food before the wild card series in Toronto and they're like decked out on their M's gear, and they're like, hey, "We've, I've never seen the Mariners in the playoffs, and I'm a junior in college." So all that stuff's real, but all that stuff is now on the back burner because, like, they they want to win and they want to go back to the playoffs, and they want to, they have a superstar in Julio, they have a emerging superstar potentially in Jared Kelnick, and they have this great rotation. So pieces are there, and uh, hopefully it happens again. Six and twenty-three. What do you think our funder differential is? <laughs> uh, not 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 as today's not as a new day for hey. Got to win. It's one day. Got to win against the Reds. You win two in a row. That's a win streak. That's a, that, that is a win streak. That's a win streak. Yeah, I'm working uh, on that. Let's end on this before it starts dumping. Um, some injuries now with Astros pitching. Yeah, for sure. Jose Abreu hasn't brought the pop yet. Yeah. There's some questions about the Astros. Angels still don't figure out. You guys haven't gotten out to the start that you want. Texas, now DeGrom out. Yeah. They hit. They can be able to pitch. It, it's kind of wide open between the four of you guys. Absolutely. And the division is clearly better this year, right, overall. Um, it is wide open. And although April did not go the way the Mariners wanted because of all those factors that you just referenced and probably many more also, like we've got a long way to go for all those teams. I mean, all those teams could still figure it out and rise to the top, uh, truly. So – uh, the Mariners believe that they have as good of a chance as anybody, and I and I think that they have uh, a fair right to say that as well, especially when you have as high of a ceiling as they have on the pitching side of things. The Robbie Ray being out for the year certainly hurts it. It's a lot of innings that they have to find a way to make up, and who knows what Bryce Miller will do tonight, and maybe he will stick and really be some type of a guy in the back end of the rotation this year. But, yeah, it's a really interesting division. There's no question 
I'm excited to see how it plays out because you could you could map out a, a scenario for almost anybody. And then you have this Issa McGee guy comes out throwing <laughs> bullets. And he's got a no hitter going, and already he's on the IL, the forearm strain. Like yeah, what? I know. I mean, he, it was incredible. I mean, like he almost no hit the Blue Jays and <laughs> his first big league start, throwing like 92, 93. He had a six pitch inning, and then followed it up with a four pitch inning. It was incredible. By the way. Matt Chapman looks like a superhero right now. He's a different guy. I mean, he looks amazing. Like He wishes that it was September right now. He would cash in so big. I mean, it, he is on everything, and he is hitting everything 105 or more off the bat, man. He is just crushing the baseball. He was – I mean, came with the Mariners' expense, but from a baseball fan standpoint, point of view, and I mean – Everybody who watches Matt Chapman plays has to love watching Matt Chapman play, especially defensively. And now what he's doing with the plate, it's its incredible, man. hes He's been the best hitter in baseball over the first month of the season. By the way, get a chance. I, I watch all the teams in our division. You guys are root sports, we right? We are root sports. Uh, you, I, I know they, they have people, different people with you, but – from a standpoint, I, I really enjoy your guys' broadcast because you do call it as you see it. Oh, I we have so that, much root, root, root for the home team in our sport. If you watch the thir- thirty uh, teams around, I think you guys do a great job. I'm watching; my eyes are always on watching the teams of our division. You do a fantastic well, job. Well, you, you've noticed my dozens of A's cash shoutouts, then no doubt, right? <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> like, hey, I go on this great show. It's called A's Cast. Check them out, A's Cast. Yeah. No, but well, it's very kind of you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. And I can't keep you in the rain with that hair. I mean, I know. Well, I I'm on radio keep- today, though, so it's like, but yeah. You know, I didn't bring up any. I didn't bring any backup products, so it could be it could be messy. Hey, and I can't put it in a man bun. Isn't that? I mean, that's like Seattle, isn't it? And it's, oh, he'd fit right in. <laughs> yeah, he'd fit right in. That'd be amazing. It's incredible. Well, you have a great call. Hey, man, it's great seeing you. It's always great Stay to have dry. you on the program. Absolutely. We got more coming up next. Hopefully, here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We're in like a little bit of a holding pattern right now as we still got the guys hovering around the tarp. They're ready to jump on it at any minute. The Mariners, as of right now, are not taking BP. They're just taking ground balls, which is not anything out of the ordinary. Uh, we'll see when they're going to take BP, but we just got our fingers crossed. We're going to have heaters in the uh, dugouts tonight. Once the sun goes down, it'll be interesting. It's May 2nd, not December 31st. It's cold here in the beginning of the year. It always is. Uh, it is cold. We're right off the San Francisco Bay. It's cold year-round. Our best weather is October, November. That's uh, it. You're in, go watch baseball games in San Francisco in July while the rest of the country is, July, is enjoying warm, hot, humid July 4th weather. 
and they're wearing they got beanies and scarves on in San Francisco. And, uh, it's San Francisco. It's the San Francisco Bay Area. If you live on the Bay, it's cold. It's reality. And we're not that far. Hell, the field is below sea level. No, we're so, not that far from the Bay. I say it doesn't get this cold in San Jose. Um, just checking the scores on the games going around. Uh, you want me to a whole gl- different ball game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I know 49er players that used to talk about when they would drive. And back, in, I mean, we're talking about old 49ers. Now they all stay in a hotel and they bus in as a team. Uh, they don't allow those guys to be hanging out the night before the game. But back in the old days, 49er players driving into the stick would look at the bay and see where the tide was. Smart. And the tide would tell you whether the turf was going to be a sloppy mess because the tide changes every 12 hours. So they knew by when they were driving in for a 1 o'clock game, how high up or how low the tide was, how the field was going to be, what kind of spikes they had to have in their cleats. 49er players knew that by just driving up, they'd realize, oh, boy, it's going to be a sloppy one today. No matter what the weather was, it was all about the tide when you're below sea level. By the way, I think the matters are going to start taking BP here. All right. Good news. Going to keep the rain out. Go ahead. I want you to gloat, even though you're down one nothing right now uh, in the top of the fifth. Aren't there guys on second and third with nobody out? Top of the fifth, oh, down one nothing. Go ahead. Pirates, the number one team in the National League against the number one team in the American League. Well, the Pirates haven't played anybody, so they're not the best team in ba- they're not the best team in the National League. They haven't played you anyone. You play who they tell you to play. <laughs> they haven't played anyone. They haven't beat anyone. They just Doesn't, that's they, a they joke. just won two out of three against the Nats. They, the Nats aren't any good. Let me let me preface this by saying I'm tired of hearing that because the Pirates. Last time I checked in the draft, um, where are they picking? Oh, they have the number one overall pick in the draft. So if you're telling me the Pirates were supposed to be good this year, and you're telling me we're playing a schedule game with a team that lost 100 games last year, it's such a boring and tired narrative. I'm tired of hearing it. But what they're doing right now is great. They're getting, how can I put this, um, unexpected pitching performances from Vincent Velasquez, who did, this is what the Pirates did before when they were good when they were coming through that rank in 13, 14, 15, they signed a bunch of reclamation projects and made them good. A.J. Burnett, Francisco Liriano, Vance Worley was a guy. Now they got Vincent Velasquez. Mitch Keller's turning a corner finally because he looked like he was going to be an ace. Jack Sawinski leads them in war, and he leads the league in slugging, I'm pretty sure. They have a lot of guys stepping up, but they have a lot of older, older veteran guys like Andrew McCutcheon, Carlos Santana. These guys are helping give veteran leadership. Oh, yeah, and by the way, oh, no, Cruz is even playing. Their most exciting. Who play. cares? He can't hit anyway. He's had a good start to the year. And bro, oh, oh, by the way, barrel rate. Yeah, well, he's hitting two ten. Well, what's his, ex- what's his, his expected rate batting is. average? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what his batting average is. It stinks. But and then they got guys like Connor Joe, who they drafted years ago, and they brought him back, and he's having a good start to the year. There's a reason to be excited about the Pirates, and and hopefully Pittsburgh catches on to that. Tied up one one down to the trough. Derek Shelton goes back home. He was a raise assistant under friend of the program. Yeah, friend of the, under Joe Madden. When are we going to have him on again? When we're in Pittsburgh. When are we in Pittsburgh? Next month, June fifth, sixth, and seventh. All right. I'll be there, so I'll make sure we get him in McCutcheon. Boy, I can't wait to hear all your Pittsburgh stuff when we're there. Maybe maybe that might be vacation time for me and. Johnny D and you uh, can jo- get into all the Johnny D's on the road trip. I don't know if he's going to be able to oh, do it. Oh, you! Hey, you don't need me. You guys are there. I, I, I can just, I and, can do it. And, and maybe I go down to Old Pebble Beach for a little weekend and play a little golf down in Monterey. And uh, new pirates, Let you guys geek out on pirate baseball. And new pirates fan uh, Dallas Braden will be there as well. So 
He's three a of Pirates us. fan. He's now? always swimming with the Pirates. Yeah. Why? Raise Jolly Roger. I don't know. I don't know the whole backstory. Someone asked me the other day, "Who's a bigger Pirates fan? You or Dallas?" I'm like, "Me. I grew up there." Because Stockton Pirates or something. Is yeah. That, I, I where, where, where does that come? I don't know. Was that, was oh, that? he's a Red Raider. Raiders and Pirates. No, I'm not buying. No. It. <laughs> not buying it. Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, you know, there's something that's very simplistic that we don't really think of in baseball. So one sport, we really don't think about scoring first and seeing how that affects the outcome of the game. It's a sport that's played every day. A lot of different things happen. You know, it's one run. Like, you score one run. Well, usually it happens pretty early in the game. There's going to be, you know, should be quite a few other runs. We always worry about high leverage innings, right? How often do we talk? Is there something going on? No, no. His SF is okay to walk by. Oh, okay. I'm I, paranoid I, I about it. I keep looking at the clouds thinking it's going to. Yeah, I, I'm on rain watch. I'm like, I'm like Willard Scott or whatever his name is, the weatherman. Who? Willard Scott. I don't know who that the is. The old Willard weather guy. Is that a barrier weather guy? Because I. No, I, he was a national guy. Oh, I only know, Al, know, I only know Al Roker when it comes to national weather. I don't even think Willard Scott. Maybe he's still alive. Don't want to bury him yet. Hold on. Willard Scott was the famous weatherman. Let's see. Yes, he was a comedian. Who? 60, his broadcast career. Are you in broadcasting? He broadcasted for 68 years. It's pretty good. was the main guy on NBC for all those years. And you don't know who Willard Scott is? Uh, when did he stop broadcasting? Not that long ago. Well, he died in 2021. I mean, 68 years in the broadcast, you had to be at least 24. So you're looking, he was in his 90s when he was when he was done. Willard Scott. So that's my weatherman Who's the one? There's the one guy here that's pretty, a lot of people like. Is it Bill Martin from KTVU? I think he's, yeah. a, he's a guy, a, lot, a weather guy a lot of people like because he's I funny. I used to have him on the show. Yeah, I, was say, I, I know he gets used on sports talks. So that's why he's well, the guy. Well, KNBR. When I was on KNBR, we'd have him on all the time. The reason why I bring this up, got some numbers. Last season, MLB teams had a 60 uh, had a 686 winning percentage when scoring first. That's close to 700, man. That's pretty good. I mean, if you're a gambler, gambling, you usually a good year you're winning 52 to 53% of the time if you're betting. Doesn't matter what sport you're playing. If you're winning around 52-53, you're pretty happy. This is almost 700. Win scoring first. That means seven out of ten times you're winning. So not much has changed with the new rules as that last season was 686. So far this year, teams that score first is 684. You look at the teams that score first the most, number one and number two are the Braves and Dodgers. What 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 place are they in? Uh, first. After that is the Rays. What place are they in? Uh, they, they are also in first. So the Cubs are up there. They're in third place. But the Pirates and Rangers also in first place. That's correct. So all these teams that score first, for some reason, are in first place. And by the way, if you score first, right now, your chances of winning are almost 7 out of 10. It's pretty good. Now, we don't think about that. Like, we never sit here or we never sit up when I'm doing – A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. I never sit there and go, hey, whoever scores first tonight. That's a, that's like a foot. Uh, what is that, football? It's or? a football thing, yeah. right? Hey, you score first. 
Get the momentum. Get your defense on that, that it, f- football. No, I mean, no one talks about basketball. Well, see, I, I, bas- I, I could see in hockey. Hockey and baseball would be similar. Yeah. Because you don't have the amount of points being scored or runs, as we call it, and uh, or goals in hockey, runs in baseball. But points, it's like getting on the board first. What does that do for you? You think not a big deal, but if we're looking at the data, most first-inning runs, can you guess in baseball who has the most first-inning run? You start the first inning, they've gone out, they've scored first, they're in the lead right out of the gate. I'm, I'm going to assume it's probably Tampa. Who's first in just about everything yeah, still? Yeah, yeah. They also have the best record in baseball. I mean, they got the most home runs, they got the most runs scored, but they score first. They get up on you early, and that that's saying something right there. I also broke it down. Uh, it was an overreaction because we didn't have a show yesterday, so I did an overreaction Tuesday. What did you do on your day off? Went into the office and worked. Well, that's right. It's not a day off for you. Yeah, no. Yeah, you get the weekends off. You're like a part-time employee. Uh, for us, who work every day, it was a great day off. I got to hit the links yesterday with the great Ken Korak, Vince Catronio, and former professional athlete, oh. former A, and scouter, scouting great, the super scout, Shooty Babbitt. I was texting with Alex Jensen yesterday. I was waiting for him to be like, "Hey, I'm not golfing with Count, uh, Tony, Ken, and Vince." But no, I guess he was. That's a uh, that's an elite that's an elite foursome there. That's low A. Yeah. That's low A. Now, by the way, Stockton. Uh, I told Alex I said, "I think you're broadcasting." Are we winning at any level? Yeah, they're pretty consistent. Lansing, Vegas has gotten better. Vegas is under 500. Well, they were. They were also two. What's and 10. Lansing? Look up Lansing. Jesse Goldberg Strassler. This is on him. Uh, the lug nuts, Lansing lug nuts. God, our our guys don't even know our old minor league teams. What are we? Are we winning in anything? Uh, I, do we get our minor league report out yet? I don't, I don't have my, so. I don't have that computer in front of me. Yeah, my my actual computer upstairs has the organizational standings. Uh, what are we? Midland. I don't worry about. I'm not worried about the standings. Are we winning at any level? Uh, I th- want to say. Is anybody in the A's? I'm going to my A's email. I do not see. That was from, yeah, so yesterday was a day off here. Pulled up. Everybody had the day off yesterday. Uh, Vegas is 7-7. Seven and seven. Oh, 500. Wait, no. No, no they're not 7 no, They, they would have lost Sunday then, right? Because this is from Sunday. They've played more games than that. They've only played 14 sorry, games. They're, no, sorry, they're 13-13, they're 13 and 13, but this came out on Sunday. So they would the game, what, we wouldn't have got anything from yesterday. All right, 500-ish. Okay, so Midland is 10-10. Lansing was ten and eight, and Stockton was uh, three and seventeen. You know the Rays are winning at every level and yeah. have been winning at every level. You know who one of the worst teams has been? And I'm like, don't worry, it's not us. The White Sox have been horrible for the last like ten years. You know, I didn't want to bring this up with Aaron because I have so much respect for him and his great career as a Mariner, televi- Mariners broadcaster, tele- and, and also and Fox, and it, yes, his work in football and Fox. I didn't want to tell him. Hey, by the way. I, I have tape on my seat. I am stuck to this thing. Have you noticed? Have you, I never sit on that one. This is like someone put spider tack on my seat, and every time I move, my pants are stuck. Did you do that on purpose? No. Uh, real quick, what I was going to say, the Rays need to go 93 and 39 the rest of the way to break the Mariners' 116 record. Just tell me what they need to go to win 100 games. Well, they have 23 wins, so they need to get 177 more. Think about that. When everybody talked about the hot start and everybody talked about the schedule and they were, they were chirping about they're not that good, when you win all these games early, because really 
where we are in the game today with, with so many teams being bad, and yes, we're one of them, and it's a race to 100. You get to 100, I guarantee you you're going to be in the playoffs. You can't say things under 100 because remember when back-to-back years the A's won 97 games, that just got us into a wild card game. Now we've expanded the playoffs, but 100 for sure gets you in the playoffs and pretty much guarantees home field advantage. Yeah, that's a fair point because I remember I'm not going to go back to when uh, was it when the Giants won it, whatever, and the Dodgers won or the Braves, whoever won like 103 and the Giants won 104 or 102 or something like that back in the 90s. Then you get in because of the wild card. There's a couple of years ago it was where 93, something like that. Yeah, I that remember, was the Fred McGriff trade year. Then it was uh, 2015. I remember the Cardinals won 100, Pittsburgh won 98, and the Cubs won 97. That's where the Cubs. Well, think about this. Everybody in the AL East now is on pace for a lot of wins. Yep. They're all over 500. So you start looking at the playoff teams, you're like, well, you know, one team wins the East, and if they all have the best record, because we had that for you here, and I've done it in my third inning hit, the East, since they're not playing each other as much, means they get to go feast on everybody else more. Now, now you're not getting 19 games, Yankees, Red Sox. You're not getting 19 against the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles are good, right? So you've got all these teams that don't have to beat up on each other, and they can go feast on everybody else. I mean, the whole the whole American League playoffs could be American League East teams. It's not a bad. I mean, they're we all, got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, anyone in the overreaction else. first month is what we could call this, but it is true. Each team was almost averaging – each team was almost on pace for 100 wins. Well, if we want to do that, let's, let's play the sounder I made. I know it says Monday, but we can play the cool, the new sounder we made for overreactions. And I do have some written down, but here's the uh, – we even played it. said here's the open for overrea- overreaction Monday. I have we must perfect. overreact immediately. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Everybody wait. calm down. It's time for overreaction Monday on A's Cast Live. We're just pushing that to a Tuesday. Yes. Uh, I'll give you one. Fangraphs, you might have heard of it, they do playoff odds. (laughs) Okay? And the three biggest drops from the start of the season where they had you being in the playoffs to where we are now. I think I know two of them. Would you like to go last to first or first to last? Uh, Let's go first to last. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. The first to last? Well, the St. Louis Cardinals started out with a 67.4 percentage chance to win to go to the playoffs. They have dropped to 38.4. They're the largest drop of 29% drop. They're, lo- they're in last place in the NL Central. Ooh, they just had their are they done with, are they done with their West Coast road trip? I think they're back. Yeah, uh, yes, they're playing the Angels at home, I'm pretty sure. Okay. It was the worst West Coast road trip of, I think, 10 games they've had in, like, put it this way, in our lifetime. It's the worst start they've ever – through April, it's the worst start they had in 50 years. Number two. They play on the south side. Uh-oh. Not the north side. <laughs> not the east side. Not the west side. They play on the south side. That would be the uh, White Sox, aren't they? Like eight, they're 8-21 right now. They started their chance of 30.5%, and they have dropped to 4.4, <laughs> a drop of 26.1% chance. 
to make the playoffs. They're now just 4.4% chance yeah, that's, to make the playoffs. That's not good. I'm, and I'm going to guess the last one's probably Seattle. This, and I didn't want to do this in front of Aaron. I have too much respect for him. I didn't want him to have to talk about this. Uh, the Mariners, who somebody on this program was very bullish, optimistic, bullish. maybe a little bit arrogant about it. Still am. Uh, about how great the Mariners are when there is absolutely zero track record. Zero. All right? Fun differential only lasts so long, right? <laughs> Like I did, we have we have we done a fun differential yet? Is there a uh, an F like we have F war B war? Do we have F fun differential or B baseball reference yeah, no. fun differential? I don't think they've come up with that match. We should probably start our own. The Mariners have dropped from forty point five to twenty four point two. That's a drop of sixteen point two. So twenty four point two percent chance now to make the postseason. Not good. Not good. And as we did talk with Aaron, it just says a lot year to year. How how do you rely on, you know, like for the A's? There's been times when we went, well, bullpen was good last year. Is that in 18? Yeah, that was, that was, was, good that was a Trevino and uh, Trinan year. Or was that 17? No, that was 18. That was your Trina was an all-star. He had an ear under one. And then we thought, ah, going into 19, and one is good, 19. Neither one were. Either and then was by 2020 Trino. was COVID year, 60 game, won the division, but whatever. You, you, it's, it's hard to say we were great at this last year or we were great at this for two straight years. We're going to maintain that. Well, okay. Your, your, your Johnny one-run wins doesn't last. They had won 67 one-run games. 21 to 20 in 21 and 22 by far the most in baseball what are they three and nine this year right they only they only they've got nine one run losses yeah that leads major league baseball so they went from being the kings in one run game to now they're not winning one run games and they are the only team with a losing record but yet still have a positive run differential but it's plus one yeah, they, I remember seeing some of the playoff odds. So, moral of the story, if you think you're going to have a negative run differential every year and you're going to be in the in playoffs, odds are against you. You can be, a, 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 you can be a, a team that bucks the trend. You can be an outlier. They've been an outlier with that. They've been an, that's why we joke with this fun differential. They've been an outlier with a negative run differential and winning. Well, starting to catch up, catch up to you. Yeah, and I remember seeing some of the playoff odds. And I remember they had the Giants having the same playoff odds as the Pirates. The Giants were like seven games under, and they had both had Fangraphs had the Pirates and the Giants with like 34% or something like that. I mean, I mean, are they really predicting that big of a drop-off from the Pirates and that big of an uh, increase in per production from the Giants? I mean, they're, they've lost Yaz and someone else, and, and they're uh, Brandon Crawford. Well, remember, Fangraphs is not a betting site, so that, that they can put they can have yeah. whatever they want and people can't really call them on it and bet against them, so they'd lose their you-know-what. Yep. So they can put out – there's a lot of opinions and articles that you see on fan graphs, so you go, really? But they do do a good job. All right, so here's my here's one of my recs. I have a All bunch. Right. The Phillies are rushing back Bryce Harper. I'm worried about it. I mean, you, you texted me. I, I, looked, I, mean, I looked I'm up. worried about I'm worried about it because – it is so fast. It's the fast, fastest since what? Tony Womack. Tony Womack came back uh, in 2004 after 182 days. Harper's at 160. I mean, 160. 
a starting pitcher hasn't had a win since he had surgery. That's that, how fast this thing is. That's correct. Um, do you have to come back right now? And what he's been doing is take batting practice off live pitching one day, take the day off. Uh, he's been cleared to slide, slide at first. It's just, It just seems like it's very, very rushed. I mean, do you have to? Because remember, Phillies last year were 21 and 29. There was panic, right? Mm-hmm. They finished 87 and 75, got in and go to the World Series. What are they now? So I'm pulling up the standings to see where they're at. They are They're playing the Dodgers tonight. The Phillies are 15 and 15. Yeah, they're 15 and 15. They're in fourth place. I mean, Atlanta obviously having a good year. Marlins 16 and 13, Mets 16 and 13. So it's like I, I, I guess if he's cleared, I mean, the doctor cleared him. He's the same doctor that's looked out of a lot of our guys. Neil Eliage. Or uh, Elitrash. He's Elitrash. the same guy that, that Trevino went How to do you see. Say it? Dr. Neil Elitrash, I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, no rehab assignment, but if he's going to play in games, why not play here at the big league level? He's going to wear a brace on his arm still like he wore last year. Just seems really fast. It's like you, you're... I mean, obviously the ligament is—they're not worried about any damage. It's—it's—it's it's, it's healed. It just seems like. Just remember, just always remember, game speed is different than any kind of other speed. There's just—you just cannot. Whenever we look at players and we look at injuries and we look at rehabs, it doesn't matter the sport. Like you can't simulate a game. You can't do it in baseball. You can't do it in hockey, basketball, football. You just you can't do it. You can like rehab guys, test guys, strength tests. You can think everything's bad, everything's okay, and all of a sudden, game speed, adrenaline, emotion, it just it changes when you're in a game. And I just, yeah, I I, I would be a little bit concerned. Okay. Now I'm not, and I'm not concerned about performance. Like if he comes out and goes 0 for 12, or he comes out and goes and and does what well, I just you just worry about. One major swing. Now Tani did it. Yeah, he did, but he wasn't. It wasn't 160 days. I don't forget how many days quick, it was. Quick, man. Yeah, it's quick. Because let's just face this. Let, let's. Here's reality. If something does happen, then what? You're going to if he gets hurt again. Then what? You're dealing with an injury. You. I mean, obviously he's not a pitcher, so it's not going to be the end of your career, but. Yeah, I don't, Maybe uh, I'm just being a, a worry wart. No, I think I think but your, to your me, th- valid. This guy is something special, and if you waited a little extra time, I mean, and sometimes you have to control. Sometimes you have to protect the athlete from himself. It just seems like this is so rushed. And I could, you know, once again, I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. I mean, I'm not a trainer. I'm not a doctor, but it just seems really rushed. I mean, Harper could come back and hit 30 home runs. From Maine till September, or and you can come take, back and, and be and terrible. And he can take one massive swing and the, it goes against up. a hundred mile an hour fastball late in the game, and all of a sudden it's oh my god! And then you're like, <gasps> it's interesting. He's coming back to face a lefty tonight. Julio Urias is on the mound for the Dodgers. By the way, he's 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 lost his last three. Yeah, he doesn't look good. Hey, you know what? though? I wish we'd do that. I wish we'd say, hey, left-handed pitcher, I was still throwing our best left-handed bats out. Let him play. 
Let him play. Do we have to mix him? If you're if you're six and twenty three, do you have to go by the playbook? Uh, no, you should probably be more non-conventional. Should you just be more like, what the hell? Let's try some guys out and go after it. Yeah, like Jordan Diaz in the lineup versus a righty, and that shows. I, I I get being data. I get what your data is, but it also shows you're very conservative. Uh, fair, yes. You're very conservative. You don't want to go. You don't want to go non-conventional. You're gonna buck the trend. Well, because because. What we used to call non-traditional, right? Everything's dictated by analytics. Everything being dictated by analytics now is now traditional. Yeah, true. It's what everybody does. Like, we you know, you used to think you had an edge on everybody else. That's not the case. Everybody uses data. Everybody's lineups. Everybody's teams. Everybody's drafts. Everybody's signings. Everybody's minor leagues. Everything is driven by what the data says. So no one has a competitive advantage anymore. So if everybody's using the data and pretty much using it the same way, that's now the traditional way. So by saying to hell with it, that would now be non-traditional. By going, you know what? I got a hunch. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to let this left-handed hitter hit against this left-handed pitcher. Because I want him to learn, if I want to be an everyday player, he's got to learn how to grind at bats against a lefty, a lefty on lefty. So that now would be non-traditional, even though that would have been the old traditional thinking. That's now non-traditional because everybody's going, everybody's going by the book. And we stick by, I mean, Waldachuk should have never come out of that game on Sunday. I agree. Should, but, what, but what would a now conservative data approach be pull him out because the third time through the order go to the reliever go to the and, and what have we learned about relievers guys who have high volume especially guys that had never done it before guys who have high volume the year before you're talking about domingo acevedo went from 70 games 10 appearances the year before 10 to 70 you think he's going to come out and be the same guy the next year? Well, if we're going to be data-driven, I would say the data would say not. And we're seeing that with a lot of guys. From Waldachuk should have stayed in that game. He has better stuff. He has better stuff right now. Acevedo's been hittable. He's been hurt. He's just come back. Let me have Waldachuk work out because Waldachuk works out of that inning with his stuff. Not only does it help you on Sunday, it helps him in the future have the confidence that he can work out of things. Get rid of the book and stop being so conservative. Now, being strictly data, you have turned conservative. Let Waldachuk get out of it. His stuff was electric on that day, and you wouldn't have been dealing with what you dealt with. Was Acevedo came in and did what? Gave it up. Gave it up. Uh, it's the same thing last like night. Like right now, Mason Miller's out there today. You're in the same situation as you were on Sunday. Nobody, and I'm pointing to the bullpen, if you, can, if you can't tell. Nobody down in that bullpen has better stuff than Mason Miller. Uh, that's confirmed. As the great Ray Fossey told us about the Hall of Famer, Gaylord Perry, they would come out and Gaylord would say, Patna, you ain't taking me out because there's nobody down there that's better than me. There's nobody down there right now that has better stuff than Mason Miller. I'm not saying he's going deep in the game, but if we're in a situation, let's call it the fourth or the fifth. Do not take Miller out. Let him pitch through. 
Well, we saw it last night with the Yankees and Domingo Herman. What happened? They bring in Clay Holmes, who was awesome last you year. You made them. fun of me playing that small uh, Ahmed Rosario's little little uh, two hopper to the right of the pitcher. Clay Holmes can't field it. Wasn't a barrel rate. Wasn't hard hit. Wasn't a launch angle. Put the damn ball in play. Make him play defense. Well, my point is they took him out. They brought in Clay Holmes, who was awesome last year for the Yankees. He's not very good this year for them. High ERA. I mean, he still throws Did hard. Did you hear but- Michael K in the thing? Well, he needs to get a ground ball here because he's a master at getting ground balls. Um, not in 2023. No, he's he's not the same guy. But that brings me to my next overreaction. The Yankees are in trouble. They're in big time trouble. Have you seen the Yankees outfield numbers? Uh, That's I, with Aaron Judge. Without Aaron Judge, like their OPS for their entire outfield's in the 400s. Every every player. That's slugging and on base. Here, They're awful. There's not what Bader's still hurt. Bader's back today. Who cares? He's not even an yeah. offensive force. Name, name me one outfielder that has actually been swinging it. Um, let's see who they they're using like Calhoun, Frenchy Cordero, Cole Cal. No, no, no. Cordero got sent out a long time no, ago. No, I thought they were bringing him back yesterday. I don't know. I just he's been down. He's got off to a hot start. And he got sent down. I thought they were you bringing him back. Cor- He's been in the minor leagues. So, yeah, so for them to bring him back, that means he's been in the minor leagues. Yeah. Because so, he stinks. Yeah. Their whole outfield Willie stinks. Willie Calhoun, um, Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks is done. What, Have what, you seen his numbers? What, what's, where's Brett Gardner at? They can't bring him back? Uh, all Yankees not named Aaron Judges from Hembo since 2022 All-Star break. 223 average, a 652 OPS. Uh, they John, don't hit. John Carlos Stanton's hurt. They've lost four straight. They're playing tonight. Carlos Rodon's recovery is not going well. He apparently is feeling some he's having some discomfort, and he can't get over the final hump, Aaron Boone said, when he was trying to pitch yesterday. Uh, it's a mess for the Yankees, and I saw this stat too. The Yankees have $131 million of their $295 million 40-man payroll on the injured list at the moment. Stanton, Judge, Rodon, Donaldson, Severino. And then Trevino's now Tommy John surgery, so he's out for the year and, and into the next year. It's not looking good in uh, the Bronx, as they say. When the A's are beating you in categories, it's not good. Not good. By the way, just for just, I, I'm being factual here. A's don't have the worst bullpen anymore. They do not. It's now the. the I saw that they don't. I know we don't have it anymore. We're 29th. How many teams are there? 30. Who is it? Uh, it's not the White. See Johnny White Sox? D. D- Doss goes over here being negative. I'm being positive today is he's over there just burying us. We're not 30th in bullpen is, anymore. Is it, is it the White Sox? It's the White Sox. The team he picked to win the AL Central? How's that working out? <laughs> uh, by the way, our, bull, our, 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 uh, our starter's ERA is 8.51. I believe it's Cincinnati or White Sox are the next closest. I think it's Cincinnati. It's in the sixes. Well, I mean, they in pinch, the sixes. They pinch well against us this weekend. In the sixes. It's not even close. Real quick to the White Sox, another overreaction. It wasn't Tony La Russa's fault. They need to ask themselves, as they have been run by the same two people, Han and, and Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams, Stanford, great Kenny Williams. Um, they really need to ask that. Ryan's has been a loyal guy. He's 87 years old. They need to really – well, first of all, is he ever going to really admit what a horrific job 
allowing the Bulls to be broken up. All right, that's one. <laughs> Number two. Uh, Jerry Krause. It's, that's it's, all he did at all. It, it's, 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 it's not like – and that's what's great about Himbo. Himbo, Paul Himbikides, who reached out, needs a little help. Uh, Paul Himbikides from ESPN, now a New York Times bestseller, it's like, hey, the Rays are winning and have been winning the last couple of years at every level. They're winning at yeah. big league level all the way down to A-ball. White Sox are losing at every level. White Sox are bad. This was kind of like, okay, last year just didn't work out, but this year should be good. It's, 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 they, you know what it is? It's time for a reboot. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we had it. We had that's get, top down, top down reboot. I mean, we saw just from on the field, we saw that uh, Luis Robert didn't even run down the line on a, on a ball in the first inning. Did you see that they did? Somebody on Twitter did a comparison of how old is Tony LaRusa? 74? 75? So it's Tony in uniform coming out of the dugout. Now, obviously. Oh, yeah, you sent me this. T- 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 Tony's running out, and, and they did like a side by side of Robert versus Tony. Robert. Was basically running 78. at the same seventy eight. Jesus, he was running at the same speed as Tony Larusa running out to come after an umpire. That was embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's a, when you have that, you've got systematic problems. They've got problems up and down, and it's just um, and all the guys they've extended, like Robert uh, Eloy Jimenez, uh, Yoan Moncada. They've they've all been so bad. But you know what they got? They got a lot of guys who don't wear an undershirt who all unbutton the jerseys way down, and they all got some big ropes and chains. Oh, they're going to say they're letting the hamburger meat hang out, too. Oh, they got chains <laughs> and medallions, and they're they're just pimping it every night on the south side. For a team that's never won anything. I'm just saying. How many times the White Sox have I'll never forget the Field of Dreams game. What year was that? 2021. Field of Dreams game in Iowa. Yankees, White Sox, and every one of their guys, because they're on national TV, it was bling. I mean, I love the ropes. I wish I could afford a $30,000 chain. They all had them going. It's just like, who are these guys? Positive news on the White now, Sox. Now, the Dodgers, Dodgers do the same through the years. They win. But this is a team that's in the World Series. They've won a World Series in the playoffs every year. It's this just, is the White Sox who have been in the playoffs 11 times in their franchise history. Was it, was it Yeah, 11. Uh, good news, and Liam Hendricks is, I think, going to go out on a rehab assignment soon. No, that's great news. So great for Liam. We need to, we need to send a text, an A's cast text, to our buddy Lou Trevino. Yeah, we will. We're playing the Yankees next week because I wanted to try to have him on. I mean, yes, he has a surgery, but he will have time. And to our own Jessica Kleinschmidt also, who's dealing with some family things right now. Uh, everybody, I want you to put Jessica Kleinschmidt uh, in your thoughts and prayers as she's dealing with some things with her family and she'll be missed and can't wait to have her back. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, too. and happy birthday. Sarah Langs' birthday. So. Yeah, Sarah Langs. Sarah, Sarah's now 30. 30th birthday for Sarah Langs, and it's ALS Awareness Month. So Battling happy ALS birthday to Sarah. 30. Wow, so unbelievable. Do I need to get out of here? Yeah. Johnny D and I are going to talk about S.C. Ruiz and Brent Rooker and what they could do this year. I have it all broken down. Well, I don't want the TV star <laughs> to be rolling in and – just getting all negative on everything. That's not going to help anybody. We need some positivity. You got to remember, Johnny, this isn't ESPN. It's not MLB Network that we're here to promote A's baseball today. Can you guys remember that? You're talking, this is the guy that picked the White Sox from the Central. Who else did he pick? 
He had the Blue Jays in the World Series. He had Chad Smith leading us in saves. I mean, yeah, he had, you know, he had all it's, kinds of. He's, yeah, he's all been, right. It's been a down year for Johnny so far. And when I'm back, what do we got tomorrow? We have Stephen Vogt tomorrow. We're supposed to have Voter. We're supposed to finally have Drew Rosinski. He's, he can't elude us anymore. All right. Uh, we're going to have um, Eno Saris because Eno's going to be here. Nice. And maybe the great Scott Emerson. I'm going to fix fantasy baseball. I'm going to make fantasy baseball <laughs> more popular tomorrow. Am I wrong with my beliefs? Yes and no. I get where you're coming from, but people are going to say, well, that's the point of doing fantasy baseball. And then I'm going to say, and that's why you don't have numbers like football. So the question is, do you want to be the old guard and not have the pitch timer and not have the new rules and stay shifting? Or do you want to change to get more people interested in what you're doing? Uh, you want to change. Oh, by the way, check out that article I gave you from The Athletic. It's pretty interesting about the, uh, pitch, the pitch timer and how it's really not affecting injuries. Oh, they're calling BS? It's it's interesting. Just read it. It's interesting. Hey, we're we're moving that. We're the tarp is being covered up. Are we good? No, we're good. We're getting the we're thumbs getting the, up. Yeah, we got baseball. We got ba- the Mariners are in town. We got a debut tonight. We got Mason Miller on the. I mean, let's face it. Anytime Mason Miller is going to be pitching, it's going to be must see. Going to be must listen. A's cast. I mean, to talk about our friends NBC Sports California. Wouldn't you say like? I know things are rough. I mentioned I think it's a good point. It's almost like we have a a, a, high, a bad high school baseball record. You know, like a bad. You're talking to a guy that played on horrible high school baseball teams for right? my entire career. Like you're winding down the high school season. You got like there's only like three four games left. The A's are six and twenty three. It's like a bad high school baseball record. Yeah, uh, we were actually worse than that. So. That's how bad we were. Then three years later, they won the state title. Well, you were on the team, so I'm not really shocked by that. Three years later, they won the state title. No offense. (laughs) No offense. But, yeah, Mason Miller, it's Miller time. You want to see it. I mean, yeah, well, it's double Miller time if you want to really talk about it because there's another Miller pitch. But, yeah, with Mason Miller, very excited. Third start now. Let's see what he can do. The kid kid going for them throws 95. They like all four of his pitches. Top 100 prospect drafted two years ago. Prospect number 88 for whatever that means. Yeah. We'll see what we'll see what he does. Out of didn't look to see what school. Texas A and M. He's an Aggie. Oh great! As long as other going to say Texas Tech. Horns down. All righty, JD is up next with Cody. I'll be back for A's total access, and we'll see everybody tomorrow at the same time. Remember, Stephen Vote will be here at four o'clock. The big time guys are next, right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Again, I always love saying that it's not Chris Townsend. It's no. the Commander Cody, Elias, and Johnny Dosco here with Am you. Are oh, you going to hear me? Yeah, you're okay, good. good. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, we're here with you for the next, I don't know, six minutes or so. And uh, we're actually going to be doing, we'll, we'll do a little uh, forward, forward teasing for next week. Yeah. You and I are going to be doing this show on the field yeah, Thursday and Friday. Right. 
Uh, Rangers are in town. Your good friend Bruce Brochi is coming back to the oh, Bay Area. Nice, nice. So it'll be a good time. You'll be you'll be on the road trip in Kansas City, and you get to go to Yankee Stadium. I mean, that's yeah. Looking forward to that. I just want to say one thing though. First, I don't know what town he's talking about. I I'm the one who's keeping it positive. I'm the one who's keeping it positive. So I don't know what he's talking about. I don't. I don't know. How's it? The, you picked the White Sox on the Central. So I did. I did. I did. We're not going to let that one down. Not looking great right now. It's not. It's, it's so. Hey, as they say, still some time. They're only they're. Townie loves when you say it's early. It's yeah, early. It's, yeah. it's early for the White Sox. Yeah. Uh, that's what they are. So anyway, speaking of the A's, uh, Brent Rooker, player of the week, AL Player of the Week. That's great for him. Four seventeen, five homers, eleven RBIs, yeah. and a one thousand six hundred twenty nine OPS. That's not pretty high. It's pretty good. Pretty darn good for a guy that was not probably going to make the roster to now being on the roster who wasn't going to play a lot to now leading the team in home runs, RBIs, in every, literally yeah. every category leading you can think major of, league except base- for steals. Leading Major League Baseball in slugging, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's decent, pretty good. Yeah. So it's a great start to the year from a yeah. great story for, you know, the team being 6-23. and 23. He gains a little positivity. The next guy is uh, my guy, Esty Ruiz. Yes. Esty has 11 steals, and I'm going to break this down for you. He has 11 steals in 29 games. He's been caught once. He's on pace for 61 steals. Yeah. Now, Ricky in 1982 right. sold 130 bases, but in 29 games, how many steals did he have? After 29 games, I will say he had 24 steals. Close. 31, wow. and he was caught seven times. Wow. Okay. So, Billy North, when he stole 75 in 1976, he had 16 steals, and he was caught four times. Campy, Bert Campanaris. Right. He sold 62 in 1968. He had 14 steals and was caught six times. And then the most recent guy to hit still 50 for the A's, Rajay Davis, still 15 in 2010. He had 12 steals and caught one. So right where Estuary Ruiz is right now, or Estuary Ruiz is right now, Esti is what I call him. Do you think Do you think he can break 60 stolen bases? I do. And, you know, look, those 11 steals, there are a lot of times where he had great jumps and the two-hitter would – line out or the two-hitter would foul it away and you know we've had a lot of times where he you know he really at this point could have 16 17 stolen base let's be honest about it so i think look yeah he's at 11 now he's gonna have a week where he you know where he steals you know six or seven bases right like he yep. is he's gonna so he's, these things come in bunches so i think yeah i mean look what do you think by the all-star break what do you think how many will he have by the all-star break well let's play percentages he has 11 through 29 games so there's two more two more two and a half months so you figure he could have on paper, he would have he should if you do by eleven, he would have like around forty. So I'll say I'll conservatively say thirty. Oh, I'll definitely say the over on that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of one well, ace fans take thirty over thirty. If, if you said he's, if he had forty five at the break, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ricky Henderson once famously told uh, when Harold Reynolds won the, the uh, batting the stolen base title in the eight, I think it was nineteen eighty seven. He won it with like sixty stolen bases, stolen bases, and Ricky said to him, "60 stolen bases? You should be ashamed." Ricky would have sixty at the All Star break. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Harold Reynolds told us that story before. It's one of the greatest stories great. I've ever heard. So that's if awesome. he if he has like thirty five to forty steals at the All Star break, people are going to be very excited that yeah. he could he could surpass what Coco did in two thousand eleven when he had forty nine, what Rajay Davis did in two thousand ten when he had fifty. Yep. Then you're looking closer into the the category of Billy North and Campy getting to the, to the 60 and, and beyond, which a lot of people think that Ronald Acuna is going to be a 40-40 guy, which I hope he is because I, I, that's such an elusive club. Yeah. You know, there's only four guys that have ever done it, and most recently was Alfonso Soriano. <laughs> yeah, I just, so, think, I just think with Esteuri at 11 right now, it doesn't even really feel like he's got going yet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He did have that four stolen base game, so seven stolen base beside. But, look, I, I just feel like, there's more there, and he's going to get it rolling. So I, I just I'm surprised. I mean, you look at 11, and yeah, that's 
nice amount for this time. You know, talk about 29, 30 games, but wait till he starts to roll. You know? Yeah, and he also has, he's been hit by pitch nine times already. Yeah. The uh, franchise record in Oakland is uh, 27 set by. I couldn't tell you. Mark Hanna. Oh, wow. So Marcano was hit by eight pitches in his first 29 games in 2021. SD is already ahead of where Marcano was. Yeah. He, it should have been, it almost was 10, but remember he got hit and then they called it back in the, on Sunday. So he could have had 10. And when, anytime he gets on with a, or with a hit by pitch, he's a chance to be a third by, before the end of the bat's over. So. But it's great. They did bring him back because he got the walk-off. Yeah, that, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Brent Rooker, though, right now I believe he has, what does he have, nine home runs? If he's on pace for... 66 home runs, if you do the, the calculator online, uh, that would be not the Major League Baseball record, but it would be the American League record that was just set by Aaron Judge last year. He's not going to get to six. If he does, that's great. Yeah, with all due respect I, to Rook, I just uh, – that's, that's, But that's, can he break the Oakland A's franchise record set by Mark McGuire of 52? 52. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, – Oh, it was 52 or 49? I thought it was – I think McGuire I, hit 49 as a rookie, but he hit 52 okay, okay, in, in 96. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, will, will he get that? Do you think he can I get that? Know. I don't know. That's, that's, is that too much, is he, that's is that too much pressure? I mean, look, if Rook ends up with 33, 34 homers, that's a monster year, right? Yeah. Like, so, you know. You're like me. You watched every game of his at Texas A&M, or not, uh, at Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I didn't watch every single game. But come I, on, but come I, on, but on this show, we watch every college game. I watched every single at-bat he had in the SEC at Mississippi I, State. I, I saw the numbers. <laughs> pretty, impre- pretty impressive, right? He, he was great. I mean, he's finally getting a chance, which is awesome. He had, what, his career high in home runs was eight previously with Minnesota. Yeah. So what he's doing now, he's getting a chance. He's going to keep playing even when Seth Brown comes back and, and some other guys come out. He's going to get a chance to play. I'm not going to go as far as Tony didn't say he's going to be the all-star, but he, as of right now, he would be the all-star. Right. He'd probably be starting in the All-Star game because, you know, now you got Aaron Judge on the injured list. So he, what he's being able to do, I mean, he's I – mean, I think Rafi Dever, Raphael Devers is the only guy that has more home runs in that American League. Last time I looked. Pretty good start, man. A pretty good start. And the thing is, like, even, like, remember at the start of the year, his first nine at-bats, the exit velocity was over 100 on most of yeah. those, right? So, look, he's been hitting the ball hard consistently. Doesn't have that many bad at-bats. He has mostly really solid at-bats. And, so. and, the, and the home runs he hits, a lot of them recently, the moonshot home runs have yeah. been like second-deckers. And, I mean, it's not Ronald Acuna hitting one to the third-deck at City Field, but like the one he hit the other day that was – you couldn't tell if it was fair or foul, but it went to the second deck. Like that was a that was a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And if he can keep, keep that up for this team, even if they're not playing well, their fans are going to be excited going forward into the rest of the year to know they can watch Rooker, they can watch Ruiz, you know, maybe Soderstrom and, and, and Geloff, and now we got Nick Allen back to play short. Yeah. And, Kevin Smith can start hitting some home runs like he did in Vegas. He become uh, Vegas Kevin Smith in the in the uh, A's lineup. That'd be great for the Absolutely. A's to have the rest Nick of the year. Nick Allen was saying that he f- his, he's feeling as good as he has in a couple of years at the plate. So uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to see what Nick can do. We know what the defense obviously the defense uh, one of the best shortstops defensively in baseball right now. Let's be honest, you know in the big league level. So yeah, I, I think yeah well, he can get the the bat going. That'd be fun to see. I think I saw. I think it might be Melissa Lockhart of, of the Athletics said that the A's are the second. Second worst team in baseball to converting ground balls into outs. Nick Allen's going to make that uh, help improve yeah. those uh, those uh, numbers. For sure. And I'm interested to see, you know, with both Kevin Smith and Nick Allen up, you know, Smith will play some second base, he'll play some third, but seeing that, that double play combination, obviously Jordan Diaz is going to put the majority of the time at second yeah. base. But, you know, I'd like to see both uh, both Smith and, at times, Smith and uh, Allen. At, at one point this year, we could see the infield of Soderstrom at first, um, Diaz at second. Allen at short and Kevin Smith at third, yeah. and you got a very young infield there. What Kevin Smith's twenty six? Everyone in that in there is going to be under yeah. um, like twenty six years old, which is twenty six and younger, which is great for the future of the team going forward. The A's are getting younger, which 
we a lot of people have wanted to see because yeah. they were, you know, even when they were, like, when the season started signing Jesus Aguilar, who has been great for the, the team. Jace Peterson, he's been hitting a lot better lately. Alette Misty has. Those were older veteran guys. Now these younger guys are getting a chance, and that's what you want to try to do going forward. Um, and that's gonna, I think that's getting a lot of fans excited about what's going on with the team. No question. And look, it's, uh, look. Try to win today. Uh, try to string together back-to-back wins. Get a little momentum for May. You go into Kansas City after this three-game set. Go into New York. Uh, Yankees are a little banged up. Yeah, Kansas City's not very good either. Yeah, Kansas City seven and twenty-two going into play today, and they've kind of underachieved. They got actually a decent, more better, better club than that. I mean, I mean Bobby really, Wood Jr., MJ Melendez, Melendez yep. Nicky Lopez. I mean, they have got Salvador uh, Perez is still there. Yeah, their pitching has been so. I mean, I watched Brady Singer just give it up the other. Day. I mean. A lot of their guys have just been really bad. It's, their pitching has been awful. Bobby Wood Jr. has been out to a slow start. But, yeah, they're, they're a team that, on paper, they were supposed to be so – like Detroit, be so much better with their young talent, and they haven't figured it out yet. So it's nice to see these young play, some of these young players for the A's getting a chance and performing well where guys like Kansas City, those guys aren't performing just yet. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good series, that three-game set in Kansas City. And as we said, Yankees banged up. So we'll yeah. see what happens with that, with that series too. You win one today, that's two in a row. Yep. You win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. That's right. It has happened before. Yes, it has. And I think, you know, the A's will start to, start to roll. I mean, you look back at that game that uh, that, that seeing-eye single that hit the bag and went, you know, scored it into right field with the two runs coming in. I mean, that, that game hurt. You know, he talked yeah. the ball over. I, don't, I mean, how often you – I saw someone say on Twitter, it's kind of funny, what, or no, someone called into the postgame show and asked Tony, if the bags weren't, any, if the bags weren't bigger, would that have happened? Interesting. So, I mean, I thought that was kind of – you brought a little levity to the program. But that's going to be it. That's it for us today. We want to thank, yeah. We w- I want to thank you for coming down for a yeah. few minutes. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. uh, I want to thank. We want to thank Martin Gallegos from MLB.com for coming down. Aaron Goldsmith, our our good friend from the from Mariners Radio and Television, for stopping down uh, before it was supposed to start pouring, and then it ended up not raining. We want to thank everyone for sticking around to listen to Ace Cast Live and to watch Ace Cast Live. We'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock with Stephen Vogt, Drew Rusinski, uh, Eno Saris, and hopefully Scott Emerson, Emo on Ace Cast Live. Chris Townsend standing by with Ace Total Access which we come up in about a minute, and we'll see you all tomorrow right here at 4 o'clock on A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.